Hello, Whiskey Files, and welcome to Potsdill Radio. I'm your host, Matt Healy, Chief Editor of Potsdill.com, your independent Irish whiskey resource, where we distill and analyze the latest news and releases in the market today. This episode is brought to you by our sponsors. The Irish Whiskey Magazine, which is the only magazine in the world dedicated to sharing the exciting news, lifestyle, and spirit of Irish whiskey. Find out more at irishwhiskeymagazine.com. And the Tua Glass, the contemporary glass that's quickly becoming the iconic symbol which is uniting Irish whiskey drinkers around the globe. Get yours at tuaglass.ie. So welcome to the inaugural episode of Pot Still Radio, the Irish whiskey podcast that takes you behind the scenes and introduces you to the people behind the brands that we all love to drink. Each week, I'll be sitting down with another member of the industry to have a Tashcon, a chat, and to shine the light on the passionate individuals that create, market, sell, and consume the whiskies we love. We'll cover a litany of topics across a number of different sectors within the industry, although our objective will always remain the same, to deliver you the most exciting news, stories, and sneak peeks into the industry, whilst always taking the time to celebrate those that make the industry one of the fastest growing and exciting spirits categories in the world. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll be hearing about some new distillery projects, people reviving ancient malting grains, and there'll be a funny story or two that certainly didn't make it into the final marketing mix. So for the inaugural episode, I sat down with one of the most influential people in the industry today, Mr. Alex Cunningham, co-founder of Slain Distillery. I caught up with him at the beginning of an event series and saw him traveling around the country, personally introducing Slain whiskey to both the industry professionals and general consumers alike. So why not grab yourself a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Irish Whiskey Museum with co-founder of Slain Whiskey, Alex Cunningham. Good evening, Alex. Good evening. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about what we just had here at the event here, just kind of a, a tasting of Slain Whiskey, a little bit of introduction to yourself, the brand, and also your Irish and UK ambassador, Will. Um, and I suppose uh, get a few wee stories in between. Um, I'm hoping we'll have a, a lovely, lively chat. If that's Great. Right, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, I suppose, uh, actually, I know... Um, Slain whiskey uh, in itself has had kind of a, a long and uh, fun and slightly turbulent history in the in the life of Irish whiskey. If you perhaps give us a little bit of background on that. Sure. Yeah. No. We, we've had a few ups and downs along the way. Um, so our project started in two thousand and nine, when myself and dad decided to, I guess, leverage off the fact that he had put Slain on the map uh, through the concerts, uh, which he started in nineteen eighty one with the Thin Lizzy gig. And, you know, it had at that point nearly 30 years of rock and roll and Slane was well known for that. And we wanted to do something that would tie in with the rock and roll. And it had to be something that we enjoy doing and we love our Irish whiskey uh, and we could use the resources around us. And ultimately, you know, we are also a farming family and we've, we've been growing barley at Slane for, for generations. So that was a longer term objective as well, was to bring the barley into it. Um, so we, we launched at a, the Oasis gig, originally under the Slane Castle Irish whiskey brand, and that continued until about 2012, and we were sourcing the, the liquid um, from the Cooley distillery at, the, at that time. And along with a number of other producers, you know, we were ultimately um, disappointed, I suppose, when we lost our supply, um, which meant we could no longer sell the products we had started with. and. Um, we were kind of faced with the decision, do we 
do we get out and say that was that was good fun or do we do what was the only choice really available to stay in the game and that was to build our own distillery uh, so we had nothing to sell um, uh, but we had we had a vision and would prove that the association between Slane and whiskey had some legs uh, as far as the story uh, and a brand proposition went so we decided to embark on the journey to build a distillery all right absolutely fantastic yeah i remember um, the old slain bottles the kind of the, the clear glass kind of almost a kind of a pale yellow label uh did you ever have any were the blends did you have any kind of single mall additions or even a, a no we never did it was it was just the one skew uh to begin with we had ambitions obviously to do further stuff um but no we just had that one blend of molten grain whiskey all uh ex-american whiskey barrels um, so we kind of had a limited number of toys that we could play with at that stage. Um, if we jump to where we're at now and the slain whiskey that we have now, it's a very different animal. Yeah, I mean, what was, I suppose, you guys kind of came in at the, the, the fledgling days of the resurgence. I know there was a, a few people ahead of you, but not many. Like, what was, I suppose it was kind of a, a kind of a obvious wild shot, shot in the dark. Like, what kind of spurred you towards putting the slain well, name on whiskey. It was a calculated risk, you know, slain uh, and, and whiskey would show that that could work together between 2009, 2012. But obviously taking on a distillery, construction, design, planning, you know, there's a lot of work in that. And to be honest, uh, spent a lot of money, you know, um, bearing in mind we had no money coming in. Uh, <laughs> So people thought we were a bit crazy to do it, um, but I got some great support from, from people in the industry. Uh, the local community was important. Um, so the site of the distillery is next to the family home called Slane Castle. We've been there since 1703. And the site of the distillery is the old stables and farmyard buildings. They're all on the national list of protected structures. So they're protected up to the hilt. And prior to lodging for planning, we asked the whole local community to come in and we were going to tell them what we wanted to do and I prepared myself for all of the difficult questions and you know what about aroma what about road movements all of that kind of stuff uh, expecting some some hard questions at the end and I eventually got to the Q&A at the end of the session and a guy at the back of the room stuck his hand up and said when are you going to open <laughs> so from day one, we had great support from the local community. I have to say I got um, a lot of help and good advice from other people who were already in the industry at that time. You know, the Irish Whiskey Club is still a small club. You know, we're up to 18 distilleries now. I reckon we'll be up to around 25 in the next three or four years. Uh, across the pond in Scotland, there's over 100. So we're still, we're still a, small, um, a small circle and we're generally very supportive of each other. So the Irish Whiskey Association, of which I'm a founding member, has you know, a mentor scheme to try and help new entrants. So everybody wants the tide to rise and Slane can hopefully be part of that. <laughs> so you were saying like um, the local community are very supportive of you. Um, one of the things I always joke with people who don't know the industry is uh, that the business plan of a distillery makes absolutely no financial sense. And if it was a purely economic world, no one would have a whiskey distillery. Put money in for years and you have to literally sit on it until uh, you can get it out in five, six years time. If the local industry or the local community were behind you, was there anyone, anyone against the idea in the family or investors or anything like that? Or uh, does it all go really? Banks have a lot of learning to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, you're right. You know, you're basically, you're making assets that you can't realize for some time. Uh, it's a massive challenge. Uh, so um, this is something that comes up all the time. It's actually, it is very expensive to get into the whiskey game and to start making it. But actually the real challenge comes when you want to sell it. And route to market is, is a big, significant challenge. Um, so we knew that going into this. And so we had to find, you know, we, myself and dad, financed all of the design work. We got all of the planning permission sorted, but there was no way in hell we could finance the construction. So we had to find a partner um, to help us do that. And ultimately, we wanted a partner that knew the whiskey business, knew how to make the stuff, knew how to sell it, knew how to put a decent brand proposition together. And, that, and that's kind of, we ended up partnering with Brand Foreman in 2015, one of the great whiskey companies of the world. And that is what makes the difference. You know, um, if you're trying to gauge long-term success, are you going to work or not? You need, you need a partner who can help you to get the job done. It's actually one of the things when I saw um, you were partnering with Brand Foreman, I was actually kind of, kind of excited. Um, just back from the, <coughs> bur from the bourbon trail myself, and the it's great fun, isn't it? Oh, absolutely! Yeah. yeah. Um, it's did, funny you get, did you get the T-shirt? I, I didn't. I didn't. I actually, actually, uh, I, I put visiting the independent stave company over visiting a couple of uh, distilleries, which knocked me off the passport. Right. Okay. And for anyone that doesn't know, uh, the Kentucky is definitely leveraged their whiskey making uh, to a tourism scale phenomenally yeah, and they, I, I mean that positively they really have the Kentucky Bourbon Trail is a, I mean it's a great fun thing to do you collect a passport you get a stamp at each distillery um, I think there's a great opportunity for us here in Ireland to actually emulate what they've done um, plus you're in Ireland so there's more crack in the pubs and everything as well um, <laughs> to, to go, yeah, Kentucky. To, yeah yeah I mean it's beautiful rural Kentucky but no I mean what an amazing uh, industry they've built up there you know oh absolutely I think um, you know coming from coming from a, a side where we're looking at you know the tourism here and whatnot uh, one of the things that decided me was doing the uh, Woodford tour. Yeah, uh, we it's a great uh, distillery. We, I mean, like they they took a visitor center to the nines, which is just beautiful. They also, um, what I love is 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 kind of a somewhat overused phrase these days of um, grain to glass, and I love how Woodford kind of spun it on its head a little bit from corn to cork, uh, which is just just that bit of a differentiation that made it quite nice. But they were fantastic, and funnily enough, I believe one of uh, your head guys was actually in the distillery at the time, uh, in their uh, drying store, uh, doing some reconnaissance uh, and learning from the boys. And I just thought that was a really lovely tie-in, and I'm excited to see what they're doing in, in Woodford, and excited. Yeah, to see Yeah, so that's so that's a good a good point. You know, Brown Foreman brings route to market, but actually brings a lot of technical expertise as well. Um, you know, they make Jack Daniels, Old Forester, Woodford that you just mentioned, uh, all um, extremely well put together whiskies. And there uh, is collectively a lot of whiskey making expertise within that organization that we're now able to tap into at, at Slane. So that's been uh, hugely helpful. So when we were putting the blend together, uh, you know, I was very much involved in that process, but it was a collaborative process um, that allowed us to take their learnings, combine it with our learnings to produce the current blend. And I suppose hitting on the blend, um, I suppose you're kind of one of the few that really have gone for that kind of blended route. And I like, I mean, personally, I love it with the, especially with the tie-in with Brand Foreman, you've got the virgin oak cast and you've kind of almost put a, like a delicate American spin on it. 
why did you choose like obviously you did the first slain release as a blend but i suppose you had the option probably single malt probably not pot still uh, and then the grain what was the kind of you know i suppose the thought process or the driving force behind having the blend and going forward um if you look at the size of the category um you know from a commercial point of view having you know the in terms of the volume um brand awareness and everything that the irish blended category is kind of the the big entry level opportunity um if you look at the big players they all participate in that category so we felt that that was the right place to start and then we can basically launch over the coming decades you know there'll be whether they are line extensions but we will have pot still we will have single grain but blend is always going to be our core um and if we were going to release our blend, we wanted it to be strongly differentiated. So um, still at an affordable price, but a full flavored whiskey. And that's where the expertise of Brand Foreman and the unique barrels that they can give us were hugely helpful. So, you know, other Irish whiskies have, have played with virgin oak. So I wouldn't claim that that's unique to us. But what is unique is that that barrel was customized just for slain. Uh, so it's really heavily toasted, medium level of char. That makes it a unique barrel, which ultimately delivers a unique flavor profile. And that's just something that others can't do. So, you know, we're, we're taking advantage of our new unique position. Uh, and it's a lot of fun in the process, you know, playing around with the different toasting and charring. Um, and then uh, the same applied to our second barrel, um, because Brian Foreman make lots of different liquids, um, but we were able to hone in on one particular liquid and that that again gives us another point of differentiation. So, so I suppose going forward, um, I'm 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 going to assume we have the, the same industry NDA as where it came from, and yes. I, we will we'll have to do our <laughs> guessing as to as where it all came from, and that's fine because I suppose that's kind of a an industry staple as as the as as we go forward. But I suppose um, one of my questions is like, how have you set up your own distillery? Because are we are, are you trying to recreate exactly the liquid? Are we trying to recreate what the other people have? Or how are you setting it up? Are you differentiating yourself? Yeah. Or really, what was the kind of the division? Do you, so I, I like that question because I think you need to be very clear on what you want to do from the outset because um, that will ultimately shape how you design your distillery, how you're going to make your whiskey. So everything that comes out of Slane is going to be I guess have two hallmarks. Um, it's not an easy thing to do, but if you were to summarize Irish whiskey, perhaps in one word, I would say generally it's, it's smooth, which means it's a very accessible category for, for particularly for new whiskey drinkers coming in. Um, but on top of that smooth, I wanted to have a whiskey, our initial one that was kind of quite full flavored, quite robust. And I would see all of our whiskies will have those two characters expressed in different forms. So, for example, when we're making our triple distilled malt, which we're focusing on at the moment, you know, I want something that is going to have good fruity notes to it uh, when it comes off as new make, because that's going to go into the barrel and de develop into some really full flavored, nice fruity malt whiskey, which we can then use either for blending or we could technically use it as an independent uh, bottling if we wanted to. But everything has to be driven by your original objectives and our original objectives are smooth and full flavored and that is our style okay um i suppose one of the 
I, I suppose I've kind of a couple of questions, one of which I yeah. will come back to because we, I know earlier on in the tasting and anyone who was here tonight in the Irish Whiskey Museum, it was absolutely lovely to see yourself and Will play off each other, two very, and Will being the Ireland and UK ambassador for Slane, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, you kind of play off each other quite nicely, which I like, because you have very different styles of presenting, and I find that funny because the two of you kind of jump in with fun little tidbits, and I know that you talked about uh, the, the column stills, uh, and there's something interesting I want to ask you about there, but before I sure. get to that, you were to describe kind of a main flavor characteristic of Slane now, and what you hope to see going forward, and if I'm gonna, I'm gonna nab you and say not using the word smooth. Uh, what would you see as the kind of the main robust flavors you're gonna get out of it? And, and, and is that gonna develop or are you gonna to hope to carry that through? <clears throat> so firstly, just clarifying on the, the blend, I will answer your question, but mm. um, the great thing about making whiskey is you can have two barrels from the same run and they will turn out differently. Every barrel is different. That's why the whole single cask is such a fascinating subcategory within whiskey. So we will do our level best to ensure consistency. But as the distillates that are made in Slain start phasing in with those that ultimately were sourced elsewhere, will there be change? Yeah, there probably will be a little bit of change. But the difference is that we will now be able to control the quality of the barrel from day one which we had no control over when we bought the stuff. So I would hope that we will not only sustain quality, we may even be able to improve. But the Slain blend flavor profile, my ambition is that that will stay the same. And if you ask me to kind of sum up what are the main attributes of it, you know, um, in the blended category, I wanted a heavier sweet note. So Irish whiskey blends are generally nice and sweet. They have a nice natural sweetness. Um, but I wanted something that was big and rich and heavy and bold, not kind of lighter, honey. I wanted, you know, uh, something with more depth and uh, or gravitas and then strong flavor notes. So you're going to find a banana note in Slane, which comes from our Tennessee whiskey barrel. Very distinct, very different, very easy to pick out. Oloroso sherry cask is in there. Lots of people in Irish are using that, but I just happen to love what it does for the whiskey. But again, it dialing up those dried fruit notes, which you'll find, for example, emerge really well um, in older pot still whiskeys. Funnily enough, you get a lot of those lovely dried fruit notes. Um, I've tried to kind of emulate a bit of that. It's not pot still whiskey, but using the sherry, I think does add some nice flavor notes in there. Um, so again, it all gets, it gets back to being trying to be bold, trying to be big, depth, complexity, and like just wait until the pot still comes out. It's gonna take some time, <laughs> but that's gonna be a big whiskey that's when it does. something you're excited about? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I can't taste, uh, we haven't got any new make yet. Um, that will happen you know, over the course of the coming months. I can't wait to, uh, to, to be able to taste that. But the ambition would be when that whiskey finally arrives, it's gonna be big. I was really excited to hear you guys have kind of I suppose, funny configuration you're alluding to earlier, but not only a funny configuration, so you have kind of a funny mash bill. I know this industry is kind of really hopped up on maize. Yeah. You seem to be kind of uh, harping back to older days. So I definitely, there was actually something in that tasting we did earlier yeah. that I was expecting you to go one direction and you completely uh, blinded me with that one. So I really wanted to go into that a little bit further. Okay, well, it's always nice when you send someone off on a, on a, on a different course. <laughs> um, no, 
Slain is uh, unusually, it is a barley only distillery and a lot of grain whiskey made in Ireland uh, will use maize, um, which uh, you alluded to is, is, is not really grown in, in Ireland. Um, I wanted to be a barley only distillery, but then we had the challenge of wanting to make grain whiskey. So uh, the mash bill that will go through the columns is all barley. It'll be rather like a pot still. It's going to be a mix of malt and unmalted barley that we're then going to put into the mash conversion vessel and then put grains in through the columns. So there's some significant design challenges with that. Uh, <laughs> Considering nothing's made for that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. So, you know, trying to keep it moving in the columns is going to be... So we've actually got underplate cleaning, uh, in, which can happen in process to keep process moving. Wow. Um, we had a Scottish engineering firm who helped us design it. Uh, we just actually were doing some tests there the other day, which went really well. So I'm confident we're going to make a pretty different whiskey as a result. Um, but yeah, using 100% barley, which can be grown in Ireland, which I think is a nice thing to do. And I suppose, and the, and you also have localities of barley in your own fields as well as all arranged in the Boyne Valley, which yeah, we do. So we, we we grow our own. Um, so it's getting a little bit late start this year because uh, <laughs> rough, the, rough spring. Yeah, yeah, long winter. Winter is coming and all that. So um, hopefully it's going to catch up over the summer and we get a nice, friendly kind of soft summer, which is what you want. The longer it stays green, the better. So oh, fantastic. Now, I am uh, cognizant we have a lot of revelers outside who are enjoying some lovely cocktails, but I don't want to keep you too long. A couple last questions for you. One, if you were to go back a couple of years uh, to a younger self of yours uh, as you're thinking of starting a distillery, or even to someone who's thinking of starting a distillery today, give me like one thing that really surprised you, you didn't, you didn't think that you'd have to come up against, wouldn't be so hard, or like a really big learning curve. Like, I'm sure you expected a lot, sure. but I'm really interested in the ones that, that completely blindsided you. Um, the tough one, which you actually kind of mentioned earlier, to be honest, the financing of whiskey in general and, and Irish whiskey is a real challenge. And uh, not many, everybody sees the growth that's happening and they're like, I want to get in on this action. But then they, then you tell them you're not going to get your money back for 15 years and they're like, oh, ah. <laughs> The worst, so, the worst business investment. Yeah, so it's a tough one, you know, so it's yeah. not for everyone, particularly from an investment. That was a significant wall. And look, we found a solution. We, we partnered with Brian Foreman. Um, and then the other thing is, I, you know, just don't give up. Like there's two things I think uh, that have helped me. Uh, it's just downright kind of grit. You've got to keep going mm -hmm. uh, and, and believe in, in the vision. And, you know, there, it wasn't always easy. Uh, and we still have challenges ahead. But above all else, I'm having fun. Phenomenal, phenomenal. So on, on the fun note, and we'll, we'll end it at this, um, I, I've done some, some behind the scenes reconnaissance with some of your employees. And as I previously mentioned with you, uh, <laughs> I am friends with uh, your Chicago ambassador and your US Slain Whiskey ambassador, Michal O'Flaherty. Yeah. Um, and I, I asked him for some some uh, funny stories that uh -oh. uh, we were to now, now in fairness he did he did allude to the fact I asked for funny stories from Chicago and he said what are you talking about we have to be on our best behavior <laughs> so unfortunately I didn't get to rat him out on that one uh, but he did tell me to ask you about ghosts untuning guitars with a certain <laughs> Irish rock band yeah. so uh so I'm wondering if we can, if I'll leave it at that and let you kind of tell us that story because I know the distillery's on the doorstep of Slane Castle. So uh. it is no, um, no. Many years ago, um, you two 
effectively moved in Slane Castle to record an album when I was a kid called The Unforgettable Fire and listen, you know, if people are lying in bed in the morning and you know there's drums and guitars downstairs, you, you know, it's a bit like a kid in a candy store. So we did sneak in there and play with those instruments and, uh, and, and probably, you know, might have caused a few problems for the engineers, but I just couldn't, you know, everybody wants to be a rock star, so <laughs> I couldn't resist. And what age did you have been at that point? I was only, geez, I must have been nine or ten. Uh, well, I mean, that's the, every, every nine and ten-year-old wants to be a rock star, especially with you two living in the house. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I suppose I said thank you very much for giving us your time, especially with this event going on here. Uh, and thank you for the, to the Irish Whiskey Museum for letting us use their space. We're actually sitting in their lovely Shabine with uh, the false coffin and the false wake and, uh, <laughs> and some uh, pot stills that look fake, but... Uh, I always have to question myself whether or not this disc will come out the other end, uh, but I really appreciate your time. Uh, you guys, your whiskey files out there, have been listening to Pot Still Radio. It's uh, been myself, Matt Healy, with potstill.com, Alex Cunningham with Slain Whiskey, uh, Bill Thompson is on production, uh, and from all of us, we'll say Slauncher, and Alex, thank you very much. Slauncher, thank you. And if you want to learn more about the great whiskey that Alex makes, you should definitely check out his website, slainirishwhiskey.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe to Potstilled Radio or visit us on potstilled.com. If you have a question for me and you want to reach out directly, you can catch me on Twitter at potstilled underscore. And until then, slauncha, agus ganairi lat.